Right, let's go then. Uh, hello and welcome to EN The Loop, East Norfolk's very own politics podcast. Um, my name is Dylan and I'm joined by... Ready? Sam. I don't know why I Jared. Aiden. I don't know why I did it like that, they that was weird. Yeah, I know. I don't, see us. I don't know why Stop I did it like that. Stop pointing at us. Ignore that. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about Liz Trust backing down on the 45p tax rate. They're not going to cut it. Uh, the first round of elections that happened in Brazil over the weekend... North Korea firing a missile over Japan in a test of their military and their missiles. Oh, God. And Liz Trust telling the king to not go to COP27 in Egypt. And we're going to start by talking about... And we're going to start by talking about um, the tax cut U-turn that happened yesterday. So does anyone have any thoughts on this? Yeah, Liz Trust has said that she doesn't have trust in chance in ch- the Chancellor. I'd... She said that, and then 20 minutes later, back down on it. I know. Saying, no, I do trust you. She's already said it, which is already, you know, bad enough. And Mm. I'll be honest, shows very... Party disunity in the Conservative Party is massive at the moment. Because obviously, Mm. if you have to change your policies, not many people in the party are agreeing, as well as the uh, benefits at the moment. No no single MP will agree on benefits, whether Mm. to up them with inflation or cut them, which is, you know, the worst idea possible. And... Sunak said he won't go to the conference, still hasn't showed up. Yeah. So the Conservative Party is just in massive disarray at the moment. I'm not sure how they're still fit to govern. It shows Liz Truss's absolute weakness as a leader. Mm. She's, yeah. been in, she's been in office for, what, three weeks now? And two of those weeks, she couldn't do anything because of the period of mourning. Yeah, and then this past week, everything that she's implemented, everything her government has implemented, has either been U-turned on... Mm or has shown that they regret putting it in place. That shows weakness as a leader. And even if you don't fully stand by what you're doing, sometimes you have to just stick with the decision you've made. MPs, it will show strength. MPs are now not bothering to toe the party line and they're actually giving their own opinions for Hmm. once. And there's a planned um, boycott on votes whether to uh, lower uh, benefits at the moment. That's going to happen at some point. Oh my god, the Tories being considerate for poor? No, they're not. They're, they're lowering benefits. Oh no, I thought the boycott <laughs> might worry, be like, worry. we're not going to. The concert, well, um, One Nation Conservatives are boycotting a vote, but then yeah. the rest, which are the evil parts of conservatism. The evil parts. <laughs> in your opinion. Yes, I can. In my opinion, the evil parts and the incorrect parts. parts of conservatism are voting to lower benefits while supposedly at the time they were going to up taxes on the poor and lower taxes on the rich, which I'll be honest, a mentally conservative policy, but now it's not going ahead. I guess they're not even following their own party ideology. Lower taxes on the poor, increased taxes on the rich. I feel like that's that's on on everyone's mind at the moment, but that's not very conservative. Yeah, I know, but doesn't really matter. Is it meant to matter what their ideology is? Yes, very much so. I mean, You'd hope that they'd put getting out the crisis above their party and their ideology, but personally, I don't see that happening. Starmer said he, he will put um, country first, party second. Exactly. Because, but... And it, his speech at his conference was amazing when he said that. But oh, the brilliant. Conservatives have... They're, they're just stuck being Conservatives. We know what to do. There's also Penny Morden, who's in the Cabinet, has said, I want to up benefit. And that just shows the Cabinet split as well on yeah. this. There is no unified body in the Conservative Party at the moment. They're all ripping it's each other to shreds. It's like split into factions at this point. 
However, or factions and factions. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess you could put it that way. Yeah. Faction inception over it. However, what I will say is, I genuinely think, though this is absolutely horrific for the Conservative Party and for the current government, and to be honest, for the short-term future of this country, I think it's one of the best things that the UK could have had in terms of politics for a long time. I mean, politicians are expressing their own opinions rather than sticking to party ideology, yeah. which I don't believe they should, well, I don't believe politicians should ever, ever have to stick to a party ideology. They should always prioritize their own thoughts first. And while that is hard, well, harder, I should say, when you're part of a party, because you do often have to toe the party line, I genuinely think that the fact that these politicians are able to express their own beliefs for once is a net positive. I think politicians should be given their own opinions. Obviously, if they've joined the party, they've run under the party, they're going to agree with some sort of policy. But because just the word conservatism or the word Labour, it's it's just a big umbrella for many different yeah. subsections of ideology. Yeah, I mean, the, the parties have changed and over time, so it's kind of hard to stick with what exactly they're going for. Hmm. Well, you got to also remember in the leadership election, Liz Truss never had the full backing of the parts, the MPs. No, she never did. She always came second to Rishi. Rishi had the preference from the MPs, but Liz had the preference from the general public in terms of the party. I was going not, to not say. The full, yeah. Not the full public, say. just the party. But you know what I mean? Considering membership of the party was only about 100,000 or so. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah, what you mean. All the party members that weren't MPs preferred Liz. But... Thing is, would you issues. rather have had MPs vote on it in a completely unelected government or under 1% of the population vote on it? Either way, you're still losing because mm. neither of us... Are, were you a part of the Conservative Party? No. No? Okay, in none an, of us here were an, a part of the Conservative Party. In an ideal world, we'd have had a general election, you, but actually, obviously... I saw something about world. this. Hmm? Brandon Lewis was asked about a general election because yep. everyone was calling for it. At, like, a lot of people calling for it at the conference. And he didn't exactly say no, but, like... A lot of us have seen Brandon Lewis. What did he say? Did he waffle? He essentially waffled in his very particular way hmm. of essentially saying no without actually saying the words no. Yeah. Isn't that what trust us as well? Pretty much. That's what uh, most politicians All politicians do. do it because it's the best way to answer a question without answering questions. Like we've had And Brandon then you, you don't have... Because if you say it directly... It's right. like a really weird version of filibustering in a way. Because yeah. 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 if you say it directly, that can be used against you. But if exactly. you indirectly say it, then... Then it's people just inferring from what you I think the most like direct... verbally winking. <laughs> <laughs> the most direct quote we got out of him was that the people don't want a general election. Who asked? Um, who asked? <laughs> yes, it's just... Are those people in the yeah, room with us now? Yes, the... Do we have a vote that we don't want an election? Mm. It's like saying, hey, hey, do you want a vote? I think most of the right, polls uh, at the moment like, show for that example, people want How many of us in this room are 18 years or over? No, J just, no me? just you. Just me. I was never asked if I wanted a general election. So who the hell were they polling? In fact... If you look on the government's petition website, there is a petition for a general election with a half a million signatures. And that means the government has to consider responding to it once it reaches 100,000. It's five times over that. They're going to consider it by saying no, no. thank you. Yeah. They no, also, not actually saying they that, have to no. give an official response. They have to give an official response to the petition, which for most petitions takes weeks, if not months. To this petition, they responded within two days. And the whole petition can be summed up in two words. No, the whole response can be summed up in two words. Go away. We're not doing it. No. I'm sorry. Do unelected government's being lobbied to change. What a shame. Ooh. 
Oh, Silly like, people in their it's opinions. It's almost like we didn't get what we wanted. No. I mean, I guess the last vote being in 2019, it's now 2022. Isn't that... I'll be honest, within the time frame, uh, there's, there's no legal basis for an election. Hmm. But yet again, our government is unelected. There's, so a, moral there's a, basis. a moral basis for that. I, I think we need a, a law or something that says if the government changes, if the prime minister changes, there should be a general election. No, I wish there was one. <clears throat> However, it does make me wonder, just in general, not even in relation to the handing over of the Johnson government to the Trust government, is we have, well, we're meant to have general elections every five years, yep. if I remember correctly. Yeah. What I'm thinking is, wouldn't, would it be right if we decreased the time between general elections? Because you can say that a day in politics is like a year. But at the same time, you could also say that over the course of five years, a government may not be able to implement all the changes that it wants. I'd argue that the root cause in our failure of government is our voting system. The first past post. Yeah, the first past post voting system. And Labour have uh, somewhat committed themselves to changing it. Lib Dems said they'll only enter coalition if they can change it. Mm -hmm. So the two somewhat major parties that might win the next election are advocating for it. I think change is coming. It's just... How long it will take? It will take a while, but it is coming. We'll probably be able to vote by then. However, Mm. do you see a coalition government happening? No. No, not easily. Because Labour has sworn off everyone. The Tories won't work with the Lib Dems again after last time. The Lib Dems definitely won't. The the Lib Dems won't work with anyone. The SNP holds so much power that they're asking for another election. And no party Um, will commit to that. Yeah, no, every single party. The Green Party has one MP, so that's Caroline Lucas back of me. I don't even live there yet. Hopefully I will. The chances of me having to form a coalition with one MP. Contemporary history there. Where else? Where else would it be? Well, it's the only green seat in the country. Exactly. I remember about a grand total of three seats. (laughs) uh, Norwich South being Labour. My own constituency being conservative and frightened being green, and they're the only ones I can really remember. No one cares about the others. <laughs> That's a joke. Mm. If someone's like listening to this from another place, we care. I swear. Yeah, there's a by-election. Thanks for listening. There's, there's, a, listeners. there's a by-election in the moment in Waveney, which is the constituency I, I live in, and it's a local election, so it doesn't particularly matter. But the Greens are going to win again because they're really good in our local area. Hey. Just to say, I I'm sorry, the Greens. The you Greens. do so badly in <laughs> in nationals, but you're really good at local. You're really great. Like, cheers for the boiler. <laughs> Voting like, system sucks. Boiler seven grand. It does. I learned that. Like, I actually cried. <laughs> but um, I got it for free though. On the subject of elections, should we move on to our next topic, which yes. is the election that has happened in Brazil? Brazil. Brazil. So this was between well, there was eight candidates, but there was only two that were ever going to win. The main two candidates yeah. being Lula Jair. and Bolsonaro. Yeah. yeah. Jair Lula Bolsonaro. being Lula being from a left wing party. Yeah. And. Bosnia, how do you say something? Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro. sorry. Bosnia being... is a country. <laughs> yes, it is. About. Being from a very far right party. It's all the polls have said that Lula is going to win. Lula was ha- predicted to win however, with a 14 point win. He did. However, but... however, what I will say is Lula has taken the majority vote in the actual presidency race. But will he actually be able to do that much? Because in the Senate and the Chamber of Deputies, I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. His party have a shockingly low amount of mm. seats, whereas Bolsonaro, whereas his party, he, he may lose out in the presidential race, but if you check the Senate and the Chamber of Deputies, his party's up there. The thing is, it's going to a runoff in the 30th of October. 
So there is, I think it's like 120 million people in Brazil. About that, it's big. 57 million voted for Lula. Well, nearly, yeah, 57 and 51 million voted for Bolsonaro. And Bolsonaro's election promise is to turn the Amazon over to economic resources and basically just wipe it from the face of Brazil. Lula has committed to protecting it. Hey. So it, this is the most dividing election in Brazilian history. But it, it's looking likely Lula will win overall, yeah. at least the presidential election. However, the supporters of, I've already forgotten how to say his name. Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro. I'm not good with foreign names. Um, has said <laughs> that, really bad. I don't but I'm very sorry. Uh, but they have said that if he doesn't win, they will just start revolution. Yeah, he's saying, they will he, take he's saying he doesn't, he's doing a Trump and saying he might not accept the votes. Mm. He's, openly said to his supporters, look to what happened on January 6th, take yeah. inspiration. If it, if he loses, it's going to be worse than that. thing is, this is what happens when a government, which is, they're so into themselves that accepting defeat is just not something that they'll even consider. Yeah, it's mm. just like an overinflated ego and idea of self-importance. Mm. Well, for lack of a better term, yeah, they are quite self-obsessed. I'd argue that both oh, Trump and Bolsonaro are populists, and they are some of the biggest threats to humanity, mainly because the uh, the Amazon is so so detrimental to our climate. If it's gone, yeah, Amazon. We, we got climate. really sad, and then we just stopped talking. I think we'll America. just have to come back Sorry. to it on October thirtieth. Yeah, once we'll, the election we'll, we'll bring you an update when that happens. But who wants to guess who will win the election? I'll guess Lula, and I hope he does for the sake yeah. of humanity. Yeah, praying for Lula. I don't. We love pray. you, Lula. <laughs> I have no interest in guessing because guessing. Yeah, guessing actually, no, we shouldn't guess. Works, works. Every single thing we predicted on this podcast, we have got wrong. So we have just doomed the planet. Oh, when what, do we I will, what I will say Quite is, often, is if I abstain from prediction and just say nothing, it cancels out. Oh, yeah, does that we'll mean, save the planet. Does that mean everything happens? Well, they both win. <laughs> <laughs> they both is, this, is this the start of the Brazilian civil war? <laughs> Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Wait, civil war. I was thinking more of a unholy coalition. What the coalition <laughs> of Lula and Bolsonaro? Yeah, yes. it's gonna go swimmingly, mate. <laughs> Moving on to our next topic, which is the um, fact that overnight North Korea launched a missile to test it over Japan into the Pacific, which caused panic within Japan because they thought a missile was coming, and has increased tensions with North Korea because we're like, please stop doing this, and they're like, no. Don't you think it's weird that such a small country with such a small economy holds so much power over world peace? Mm. Yeah, it is weird. Because it, it's worrying what that man could do. He could just wake up one morning and go, Tokyo? Nah, we don't need it. And just get rid of it. See, I feel like North Korea is just... It's, oh, don't get me wrong, it's such an interesting country, but it's mm. such a stain on global politics. Like Every now and then, we'll just kind of forget that it exists, and then they do something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. every now and then they'll just fire a rocket into the Japanese territorial waters because <coughs> we need to test and we don't accept your sovereignty. That being said, give El Salvador nuclear weapons and they're a threat to world peace. <laughs> That's true. Give any country. Say, so, uh, give any country nuclear weapons, weapons and they're a threat Because you've given them the ultimate bargaining chip. It's, yeah. Say if we gave. What's the country that doesn't have nuclear weapons? Uganda nuclear weapons. El Salvador. Yeah, El Salvador. Yeah. Then they'll start threatening, saying, give us money or we'll blow you up, isn't it? <laughs> the world is a hostage. 
Matt, humankind is a hostage onto itself with nuclear weapons. And the only people that can really stop people with nuclear weapons are people, people with, with nuclear, nuclear weapons. weapons. Is that not just why the Cold War started? Exactly. We've yes, just, it is. We just summed up the Cold War. So, uh, good, I mean, North Korea good is a product of the Cold War, so I yeah. guess thank you Soviets and thank you America for um, creating this small little communist country that just kind of every now and then gets bored and everything. sends big missiles over other or, countries. Or just in terms of the Manhattan Project, thank you Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> but does anybody know there's been one country that has willingly gave up their nukes? Does anyone know what it is? Uh, there's, been, there's been South Africa, oh, Kazakhstan, Belarus and Ukraine. Wikipedia oh, lied to me. I was told there was only one country that ever gave them up. I mean, the, the, the one country that made their own nuclear weapons and gave it up was South Africa. Ah. Then the others were Soviet, post-Soviet right, states. Right, I see. So, yeah. I guess they didn't count that. No, I don't but think it, so. it's great that they willingly mm. said, yeah, we don't need these. Yeah. I mean, I bet Ukraine wishes they have them right now, but... Anyway. No, Ukraine traded theirs they did. In, uh, in the acceptance of Russia, the UK, and the US ex- accepting their territorial sovereignty. In ah. the Budapest Memorandum, which has not been uh, right. mentioned once in the news, and it's a big international I treaty. I would actually say, thank God that Ukraine <laughs> yeah. doesn't have nuclear weapons. This, this would have escalated quickly. Yeah. Again, I think we've done all we can about that as well, because we're not military experts either. I mean, not, got... I guess it is... Sam popped off, though, we have to agree. <laughs> I mean, if we've got my little brother in, he's great with his sort of stuff. But... It's a scary yeah. prospect. But I'll be honest, there isn't really much we can do without... Because we've already asked for uh, North Korea to just stop, and they've said yeah, no. And, and I'll be sang... honest, diplomatically, there's not much more you can do. Yeah. So we just yeah, have to We just don't up. talk to them. Sanctions just, just don't seem to Do we work. know any tankies that could help us? Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> not, not. Oh, boy. But, um... Should we move on to our last topic then, which is regarding the COP conference coming up? And the yeah. fact that Liz Truss has told King Charles to not go. We don't know why she's done this, but she has said do not go. It makes sense from a political span- standpoint, because mm. the king has to remain politically neutral. Yeah. And since he's been so big on climate change as, as a prince, it wouldn't be right for him to go into his king role and bring his politics with him, because mm. he is supposed to be politically neutral. That is the issue. But the royal family's always had a connection with COP. Yeah. The queen gave a speech at COP26 last year, didn't she? Which can basically be summed up as, please stop fighting, please get on with this. So it's a bit odd that we're now saying, no, the royals can't be at this. Like, why now? I think Liz Truss has just got into the building and realised it's burning down and just wants to burn it down even more. I think the Queen was a different breed of monarch. She was the Queen. And King Charles is just King Charles. And I feel like because he's been so um, recognisable on climate change that it wouldn't be fair for him to come in mm. and discuss it again in his new political role. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not giving credit to Liz Trust at all, but like there's been, there was a lot of protests about him, mm. like being the figurehead of the state. It could be a political move by her to like quell these protests because then it's like, why is there an unelected official like saying stuff on behalf of Britain? We didn't want him in. Like we've yeah. seen the protesters. That could just bring up. Well, I'm not giving her credit for that. It probably isn't that reason. No, I. But I could see, like, I personally, if I was in Liz Truss's place, I'd be like, they already protested, like, your mother's funeral. Mm. Maybe just sit this one out. A, a bit in me thinks maybe Liz Truss is worried about being upstaged. Yeah, she's worried fair. that she's worried that King Charles will come along and get all the attention. Everyone will say he's brilliant, we love him. I mean, and then ignore her government. He's our head of state. She's an unelected official who claims to be running the show mm. and is doing a very poor job. 
So I guess this is our way to claw back into the voter market. My my personal opinion is that I don't think that monarchs should have to be politically neutral. I don't think they should have any influence politically. Like, I don't believe they should. Well, I think they should have their right to vote, but I don't think they should have right to, say, veto laws or get think- involved in parliament debates. But I still believe they should hold their political opinion and stand by it. Because they, they weren't, they didn't never ask for this. They were born into it. It's not really fair yeah. that we strip them of the but right. But surely, to if, have they're born, if they're born into it, they can leave Harry and Meghan. Yeah, fair. But then you're giving up your family. No, because you can just give up your. Um, uh, I can't use Prince Andrew because his was he was forced. Yeah, to he give was up forced out. It's a bit of a. You can, if you wanted to, give up your titles. Edward the Eighth. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, true. It's just very contentious doing that because then you get the British public against you. Yeah, but that was only because like Meghan Markle was a black woman. Let's yeah. be real. Good point. But yeah. there's also been discussions around COP as a whole. The fact that we're holding it in Egypt, there's been a lot of questions around that of like, is this the best country to do it in? But yeah, again, it was held in Britain and Britain is doing okay on climate change, but mm. also is not doing as we much could be as doing we could. We could be doing better. But Egypt, I don't really know what they're doing. I don't think they're doing much, are uh, they? Not much. But doing not... okay is never good enough. No, not, not in a crisis there like aren't, that. There aren't many countries that, well, there are a couple that I would see fit to hold. like Nordics. Like the Nordics and possibly Latvia, mm. uh, the Netherlands. But apart from that, not many countries are big into climate change. But then we can't really run the system off that because we'll just go around the same four countries. And they kind of... but if you want the right to hold it, you do well against climate change. That's yeah. a fair argument. Also, I feel like if we held it again in Britain, we're bringing back fracking. Like, I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is it? No, we're reversing. C- come here, come here. Just ignore that over there. I feel like at COP27, one of the world leaders should go up and say, this is very hypocritical. <laughs> Please remove fracking. It's not very good for your country. Mm. But yet again, a lot of the countries coming are not going to be able to do that. Yeah. The, like, COP27, I think it's going to be a lot more interesting than 26, purely because of, like, Ukraine now how the Russian, like, gas pipes have affected things. You have to, like, find a workaround to keep your people safe and, like, living. We've had a workaround for years. Yeah. It's called renewable energy, just no one's yeah, bothered like, investing no one cares, in it. Yeah, though. Except, like, teenagers. Yeah. Like, no one listens to us, let's be real. Yeah. But that's proved by the fact that only 10 people listened to this podcast last time I looked. Yeah, at least 16. I can vote. Yeah, go on. Show off. Show off. Rude. Anyway, um, I think that's all we've got. Yeah, really. I think that covers everything today. So we'd like to thank you for listening. And just a reminder, all the views expressed on this podcast are the debaters own. They do not represent East Norfolk Sixth Form as an institution in any way, shape or form. My thank opinions you. are mine. Yeah, his opinions are his. Thank you for letting us keep you in the loop.